and welcome to the ISBA BursaCast, the podcast designed to provide bursas, business managers and senior leaders in independent schools with the latest news, insights and best practices in school business management. Each episode will be exploring a range of topics and discussing the challenges and opportunities facing independent schools. Our guests include experts, thought leaders and practitioners who will share their experiences and expertise with us. Whether you're a seasoned bursa or just starting in the role, we hope you'll find this informative and valuable. So sit back, relax, and let's get started with today's episode, which has been recorded and released on the 20th of April in the afternoon. And at the end of this episode, we can look forward to a special appearance from David Smelly as he discusses the landscape and the session he's going to be giving at the conference. Let's begin. Well, unsurprisingly, the first port of call for us today is that the ISBA annual conference is just a month away. Make sure you don't miss your chance to get practical and up-to-the-minute advice from expert speakers on the latest issues affecting schools, meet like-minded peers to discuss the challenges, and visit an exhibition of more than 170 suppliers to the sector. And the dates are the 23rd to the 25th of May in Manchester. Now, if you're an avid listener of the BursaCast, you will have, of course, listened to our previous episode, which was with John Murphy, where we went into detail about the teacher's pension scheme and the latest updates that are there. So I won't go into too much detail about it here, but the basics of it is that the government's most recent pensions announcement provides the clearest sign yet that TPS membership is likely to become more costly for independent schools. As I say, for more details and an in-depth discussion, jump onto our previous episode where John goes all in on the topic. And the next subject we're going to be looking at is this new report titled Children's Rights in Great Britain that was published by the Equality and Human Rights Commission and sets out the EHRC's concerns about the impact, both short and long term, of the coronavirus pandemic on children's rights, well-being and futures. The report identifies the risk of increased poverty, educational inequality and mental health problems, as well as an increased risk of abuse. Independent schools are advised to review their policies to ensure they remain relevant in the post-pandemic era, particularly in light of the increasing need to protect children online. The report also highlights the issue of attainment gaps for pupils with special needs and disabilities, and the potential inappropriate and unlawful use of attendance policies in schools. The EHRC recommends that schools review their policies to address these issues and comply with their obligations under the Equality Act 2010. The report suggests that good attendance policies should cover various aspects, including attendance expectations, senior leadership contact details, daily attendance management processes and strategies for promoting good attendance and reducing persistent absence. And on a similar note, the Online Safety Bill is currently progressing through Parliament and will become law later this year. The bill will prohibit providers of user-to-user services, such as social media companies, from having illegal or harmful content on their platforms. Its purpose is to make the internet safer for all users, especially children. The regulations will be governed and enforced by Ofcom. You may be wondering what this means for schools. Well, the onus does not shift solely to user-to-user providers. Schools should continue to keep safeguarding on the forefront of their minds and in line with keeping children safe in education. Once the bill is passed, it is anticipated 
that Kixie will expand further on the online safety section, or separate guidance will be published. We recommend that schools continue implementing online safety within their policies, providing training to staff and make sure that they are aware of the risks and cover online safety in the curriculum. This should cover how children can stay safe online and protect their data. We will keep schools updated once the bill becomes law and any further guidance that is published. And now looking at a different type of staying safe, there has been cases of misrepresentation, deceit and fraud, with allegations being made against Apogee. The Apogee Action Group has been working to investigate serious allegations against the photocopier firm Apogee. The Action Group is supported by Milberg London, who have an excellent track record of working with group claims. You are invited to get in touch through the Action Group website if you have specific questions and would like to talk to AAG. The group have reported that a few of you have been in touch. More detail is coming to light on the reported actions of Apogee, so it is correct to give more details on to AAG. It's important to note here that based on what Action Group has found so far, financial manipulation takes place behind the scenes between Apogee and the finance company, and is therefore very difficult for customers to detect. Here is a sample of the Apogee practices discovered when investigations were carried out to understand the substantial cost of machines incurred by a central London business, with offices in over 90 countries worldwide, herefore referred to as X. Apogee missold or fraudulently sold leasing agreements to X. Apogee encouraged X to restructure deals or enter into new agreements over time as a means to help save X money. In reality, it ended up costing X far more. Misleading and dishonest selling practices where total costs and outstanding liabilities for earlier agreements were opaque or hidden. Services were not carried out as per the terms. Unnecessary photocopier and photocopier accessories were charged to X but not delivered, along with fraudulent variations to agreements. The Action Group receives a lot of questions about their purpose and intention, and so we thought we'd cover that here. They have three main pillars. The first is to raise awareness amongst Apogee customers of the potential harm and loss they have suffered. The second is to share knowledge and information about Apogee's sharp practices so that people can avoid further harm. And the third is legal action, helping to bring legal claim against Apogee to recover compensation for our members. If you have any immediate questions or concerns about your Apogee leases, contact the Apogee Action Group website. From unnecessary costs onto rising costs, bursaries should be aware that food inflation is expected to remain high in the short term due to high energy costs and lower global food costs affecting the supply chain. Some products, like salads, capsicum peppers and tomatoes, have limited availability due to poor weather conditions in North Africa and Spain. However, vegetable oil prices are falling and dairy commodity prices are expected to soften in the spring, leading to lower prices. Bursas should consider rebalancing purchases to cheaper alternatives and understand the impacts of cooking on product yield and portion costs. It's also important to consider future market dynamics and avoid securing long-term price holds when commodity market prices are high. And it's not only prices that are soaring, there has also been increases in the annual national minimum wage and national living wage. Starting from April 1st, 2023, there are new pay rates for workers in the UK based on their age. Those 23 and older are entitled to the national living wage, which has increased from £9.50 per hour to £10.42 per hour. 
while those aged 22 and younger are entitled to the national minimum wage, which has increased. Employers who fail to pay the correct rates risk being named and shamed in a government report. The voluntary living wage set by the Living Wage Foundation is currently £10.90 across the UK and £11.95 in London. Additionally, there are new Vento bans used to assess compensation for injury to feelings and psychiatric injury in discrimination and whistleblowing claims, as well as an increase in maximum tribunal awards for various types of unfair dismissal. For more information, please head to the bulletin. And moving from employment to holiday pay, there have been some updates regarding the Harper versus Brazil judgment. The government is considering changing how holiday pay is calculated for part-year and irregular hour workers, which may reverse the Harper Trust versus Brazil judgment. However, until legislation is passed, the Brazil decision remains binding law. Some schools have already made changes, but others may want to wait until more information is available before making any changes. It is imperative schools communicate clearly with their staff and seek legal advice if needed. And that brings an end to all of the key updates for this month. Now, as promised, we're going to be hearing from David Smelly. David has headed Farrow & Co's schools group for many years and remains one of the top-ranked school lawyers in the UK. He is a governor of two leading independent schools and is a firm supporter of the sector. We caught up with him today ahead of his appearance at the ISBA annual conference to hear a little bit more about the topic of his session. Let's hear from the man himself. Well, David, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Leo. We're delighted and excited to have you join us today ahead of your appearance at our May conference, uh, where you're giving a session on, and let me get the title right here, The Governance of Safeguarding and Securing Evidence of Proper Governance. How do we know we're operating a safe school? Obviously, massively important topic that you're very versed with. Yes, and I'm looking forward to giving it because I think it's a particularly important one, especially for bursars, whose one of whose key roles is the upwards management of governing bodies to ensure that they are doing their roles properly. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, ahead of this, is there anything you think bursars should be thinking about coming into this session? Yes, I think bursars could usefully be asking themselves honestly these sorts of questions. Are your governors playing a meaningful role in scrutinising safeguarding in your school? Have you equipped them with the knowledge for them to do so? And do they know the right questions to ask in meetings? And if you are inspected tomorrow, are you in a position to give the inspectors the evidence of that effective scrutiny or safeguarding which they will be looking for? Gosh, lots of questions that I'm sure will, will set minds racing amongst our, our Bursa listeners. As I mentioned before, this is a huge topic. I mean, what is the real significance of governance and safeguarding in the two together? I think there are two points here. Um, the first is a substantive one, and the second is um, a regulatory inspection one. The substantive one is that if your governors are not performing a, an effective role in scrutinising safeguarding in your school, and they're not properly holding to account um, your head and your safeguarding lead when it comes to safeguarding, 
then your school is missing probably the most important plank it has uh, to achieve effective safeguarding. Because absent proper governor scrutiny, your school will only ever be as effective in safeguarding as the particular individual who happens to be your head or your safeguarding lead. And that is potentially dangerous because some heads or safeguarding leads are very good, others are not so good. The one thing that can ensure consistency is governors and governance. So that's the substantive point. The inspection point, and one of the reasons why I think it's so important for bursars, is that when your school is next inspected, you are going to be asked for evidence uh, by the inspectors of how your governors are providing effective scrutiny and challenge um, to the senior management team's performance of their safeguarding functions. Now, that's the time when you're going to look at the minutes of governing body meetings, which you may have taken, or at other documentation. And if you haven't thought about it now, and you leave it until when the inspector calls, you may be struggling just to find the evidence that you could uh, really wish that you had. And what sort of things can bursters look forward to listening to and sort of taking in during your session? Well, it's deliberately not going to be from just me. So it's me facilitating a panel of three people, uh, one of whom is an experienced bursar. So we can uh, hear from Gillian Batchelor from Manchester Grammar School on you know, what she does in her school. Uh, one of them is going to be from a safeguarding governor, Varian Exelby, who's a safeguarding governor at St Paul's uh, School in London. And one of whom uh, is from uh, Roger Shaw from Radley, who is a member of the senior management team there and in charge of, amongst other things, uh, inspection compliance. So I'm hoping that bursars are going to be able to hear from all three different perspectives of the key components to effective safeguarding governance. Well, it sounds like a, like a jam-packed bonanza of, of safeguarding to come. That, that is absolutely the right description, Leo. Jam-packed bonanza and bursars just cannot afford to miss it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, I know you're a busy man, so I'll let you jump off and carry on your, your busy, what is it? Tuesday? It is a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Your busy Tuesday. David, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you in May. Thanks, Leo. I'm looking forward to it. And thank you very much to David for taking the time to come and chat with us and to catch up ahead of the conference. Now, amongst all of these goings on, it's easy to forget about the ISBA Professional Development Programme, which of course continues and brings a fantastic selection of CPD opportunities to the sector. Some of the upcoming sessions are, on the 21st of April 2023, ISBA Termly Finance Update and Scenario Planning. 24th of April, ISBA AGBIS and HMC, Sector Threats and Challenges webinar, part 1. This is followed by a part 2 on the 9th of June. The 13th of June sees a session on how to optimise the return on your school's assets, the enterprise journey. And finally, the 20th of June sees ISBA AGBIS and HMC, part 3. Of course, head to the ISBA website for more details on all of these topics. As always, thank you very much for tuning in to the BursaCast. We hope you find these useful. Please do make sure to share them with members of your team 
and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to ensure you never miss an update. In the next few weeks, we have a number of episodes coming out speaking to the sector professionals who will be taking sessions during the conference, so tune in to hear from them ahead of their sessions. That's all from me. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, please email podcast at theispa.org.uk. Until next time, farewell.